You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page, and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey there. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm delighted to have you here. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Pinnell, and I'm delighted to have you on the Art of Parenting podcast. Before I share the interview that I have for you today, I just wanted to give you a heads up on a discipline challenge that I am running uh, June 6th. So we are May 26, 2022, and June 6th, that whole week, I will be running a seven-day free discipline challenge. It's called Keep Cool and Carry On. The link is in the show notes for you to sign up. And it's really a very simple one where I will be sending you every day very short little videos or audios to share some tools, uh, some positive discipline tools. And your challenge is basically to choose one and to go with it and try it out. And then I will be having three group mentoring calls where you can come share your ahas and just ask me your questions about your challenges with your little ones. So I do hope you can join me. This is the third time I run this challenge. It's been a great success before. I think people get a lot out of it. New tools um, in their parenting toolbox. And that's what I'm here for is to support you on this beautiful parenting journey. So I do hope you can join me. Click the link in the show notes. It's called Keep Cool and Carry On Discipline Challenge. And now let me share with you uh, my interview for today with Estelle Giraud. Have a good listen. All righty. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is Jeanne-Marie Penel for The Art of Parenting. And today I have Estelle Giraud, who is a mother and scientist, founder of a uh, biotech uh, product that she will tell us a little bit more about it. But I wanted to have Estelle here, not only to share about what she has created, but also just how she is navigating motherhood and being a leader in the biotech industry. So Estelle, a big welcome to you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. Lovely. Well, as like as I always like to start with is having you define what the art of parenting is for you. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I think it's so unique for different people and for every relationship that a parent has with their child. But for me personally, the art is around getting to know 
my child, getting to know their personality and, and watching that bloom over time and not rushing that. And then also having that relationship impact my personality and, and, you know, my, my mission, why I'm here. And, and it layers into who I am as a person in this really beautiful way. And so I think the, the art of parenthood is this relationship between a parent and a child and how that impacts in both directions and allows for, for growth and discovering the world in a new way. Mm, beautiful. And, and it's so true that I think when we become parents, there is such a self-discovery process yes. that we go through, right? Of, of just having to parent ourselves through the whole process. So so it is fascinating. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, and, and now before we, we just get too involved in our conversation, I'd love for you to share with our listeners um, what you have been up to and how you came to do the work that you're doing today. Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned earlier, my background is in basic science. So I, I have a PhD in population genetics, which sounds really intense, um, but I've always been really passionate about genetics and this idea of a, a blueprint that exists in our lives and it, it impacts our health and kind of who we are, but it's not deterministic. It's not the be all and end all of, of how we live in this world. And I love the idea of genetics and how that can impact human health. I uh, then spent the better part of eight years working for a company called Illumina uh, in the biotech space. And they have just really impressive technology that uh, is democratizing genetic testing. So companies like 23andMe, Ancestry, DNA, these kind of direct-to-consumer genetics, but then also uh, healthcare and, and kind of medical systems throughout the world are starting to adopt more and more genetic testing programs in the way that they practice medicine, and Illumina was at the front line of that. Um, and then just right before the pandemic, actually, I, uh, I ended up leaving Illumina because I am intensely passionate about this idea that health data is extremely personal, your genetic data, all of your health information is very personal information. And right now people are not able to really kind of get value from that in a really meaningful way. And especially when you're navigating health conditions like pregnancy, um, to be able to have all of that information together and have that that kind of foundation of health data really working for you and enabling you to have the best pregnancy that you can have and the best health that you can have uh, kind of forevermore is something that I care about. And so that's really what we're building at, at Trellis Health is um, this family health data hub that can serve you and, and your family, I mean, maybe for generations to come. So when you say, um, it intrigues me, when you say an information hub, it means that we, you're, you're creating something so that the individual can have access to all their medical records, or is it something different? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's medical records and, and health data, as well as things like genetic testing, uh, if I they've do. had that okay. done, as well as, uh, you know, right now we live in a very measured world. So you have wearables and um, your Fitbit, Apple Watch, all of this kind of um, 
technology and so having that environmental information in your health hub as well having it all in one place interesting and then and then would that um be shared with the medical professionals or is there like a way to interpret all that because i it, it sounds great to have everything gathered but what do you do with all the what do you do with it yeah. right <laughs> yeah I, I would be overwhelmed is... it's like oh my heartbeat like i never you know personally i never know when when the heartbeat is like okay is that good or is that bad i don't know so absolutely yes so what we're doing specifically around pregnancy uh and this is you know of course you're response around what do you do with all of that data is completely normal and I think everybody faces that most people don't want you know just streams and streams of data on themselves you really want to translate that into okay what what decisions do I need to make how do I how do I actually kind of use this and so for pregnancy the way that we describe it is some as like a digital concierge and then um, support with that to help a woman manage her day-to-day health during pregnancy in a really streamlined, effortless kind of way. And so we have midwives, uh, we will have midwives on staff, um, and it's things like you have an appointment next week at your OBGYN, and so we would, our software pre-programs those reminders in your calendar for your upcoming appointment, you know, where you have to be, when you have to be, who you're meeting with, what tests are going to be done. For example, if it's a glucose test um, for gestational diabetes, we would pre-program in a a reminder to say you should fast for 12 hours before that. So that reminder is already in your, um, already in your calendar of choice. Um, And it's these little digital kind of, tools that relieve some of that mental burden of managing your health through pregnancy. And it all happens automatically because we've got that information from your medical record. Wonderful. Wonderful. And this, I presume that it is um, kind of you're, you're opening it up just to the U.S. market for now, or will this be kind of a global thing eventually? Yeah, correct. Right now it's just for the U.S. market. Um long term i would love for this to be a global offering i'm i'm australian by birth my kind of my health information is is spread all over the place and we live in a really mobile society now i think it's only going to get more mobile and so for people to be able to have that mobility of their health information is really important to me yes yes no that that is wonderful cuz i'm i'm uh french and um i know we we spoke offline a little bit about my two kind of birth experience and one being in france and one being in the us and how very different i felt the the care was you know the especially the prenatal care there were tests that were done in france that here you know when i asked was kind of laughed at so it's 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 interesting how you know different countries different cultures manage um all of that yeah completely agree we did a lot of um uh, you know, speaking with women in various stages of pregnancy and post-pregnancy as part of our market research uh, before this. And one of the things that I found striking was the cultural elements of pregnancy and how we deal with that in different countries. So uh, we we spoke with Europeans and I think in the US there's this, especially with young professional women, they wanted 
manage it very kind of a type everything is measured and some of the French women in particular that we spoke with um, highlighted that it's there is this um, yeah just a different cultural kind of uh relaxation maybe maybe they're a little bit I don't know exactly how to describe it but there's certainly just a a very natural rhythm that they were embodying you know even outside of their care but just the way they approached pregnancy was different for Europeans yes yes um and it actually reminds me of a book did you ever uh, ever read um it was something bringing up Bibi. It was uh, an American journalist who who is in France and who kind of discovers parenting, but parenting the French way. And mm-hmm. and she's 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 describing it through the American lens. And to me, it was fascinating because I could identify with both, and I could see. Um, and it's true. There is. And I think, like you say, you know, motherhood is is so cultural. It's so different in in different settings. Even you know, for for breastfeeding, for example, um, you know, in France, it's just so very natural to see women breastfeed in public. Here, it's like you know, it's it's kind of you have to cover up, or or you know, you're you're, I don't know, causing trouble if you are. It's just it's it's fascinating how how that all works, but. Oh, yeah. So um, I'd love to to kind of de- dive a little bit into your experience with this role that you play. You know, you're you're a leader in this uh, industry and you're you're, you know, a scientist, you're you're working a lot and such. But at the same time, you're you're a mother, if I remember correctly, of an 18 month old. So new mother it's it's a time when we feel like we're we're deep in the trenches mm-hmm. and just how how do you you know balance the two how do you how do you manage the two and and what have you kind of learned from both of those roles that you play and and how do they merge together yeah it's i love this topic um and at the same time it's a it's a process. I'm not perfect at this. I don't think anybody is. I think one of the things that we struggle with in motherhood as an ideal is this notion of perfection. And I really strongly fight against that. I think there is um, a lot of value in presenting the imperfect to our children as well and really encouraging in them a growth mindset. So as I'm growing into this role, uh, you know, and modeling for them that sometimes they don't get things right the first time and, and that's fine. And then that promotes in them uh, a sense of ambition and, and growth and that, you know, trying something and, and failing is okay and you do it again and you try again and and uh, that's aspirational. Um, I definitely, so being a mother makes me a better founder and being a founder definitely impacts how I approach motherhood. Um, I didn't have the easiest journey into motherhood. So um, I, I don't think we covered this previously, but my son is IVF and I went through a three plus year journey with IVF um, before the pregnancy. And then during my pregnancy, it wasn't 
you know, completely seamless in terms of health and everything that went along with that. And so through this time, I was profoundly uncomfortable in certain ways. And you you start getting over time just being really comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that brings a certain sense of courage because if I'm uncomfortable in the morning when I wake up or I have to do things that make me uncomfortable every day, but I do them anyway, it, it gives you courage and that there's, there's very little that can phase me. Um, and that sense of courage and kind of what I had to go through physically and mentally in my journey to motherhood impacts how I approach being a founder and operating professionally in my industry. There is very little that phases me and doing, you know, scary or uncomfortable things is, you know, now where I'm and that's, that's my zone of, of comfort now, even if it's, even if it's, it's not classically comfortable. And I, you know, I think, parenting as well I I, I want to model this for my boy I, I want him to know that if he sees something in the world that he wants to change that he has the ability to go do that right that's beautiful I, I love what you say about that you know being comfortable with the uncomfortable because that's true with 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 everything that we we want to create, right? Whether whether it is a family or or a business and such, is is sometimes we have to kind of push that um, push ourselves to to be okay with with that uh, feeling of uneasiness. Mm-hmm. And it's true that in parenting, you know, sometimes we we doubt ourselves or we feel something you know, needs to change or could be different, or we have, you know, a doubt about something that's going on with our child. And, and we have to, to follow through with that. I think, you know, I I call it intuition, but I I love the fact that you say that it's, it's the uncomfortableness of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm also, I, I believe it's a lot of intuition that, that really ties into this as well. And at the, at its core, I think this is what a, I mean, I'm not a professional in this area, but I think for me at its core, this is what a growth mindset is, is I am uncomfortable in this situation. I'm going to act in spite of that. And I'm going to learn something through this process. And that's going to allow me as a human to grow. And I've definitely felt that through motherhood and also through, uh, you know, being a founder, um, I I have a saying that I come back to, and that is comfort is overrated and purpose is underrated. And I think motherhood and parenthood gives you purpose in a way that very few other things in life do. And it, it makes you uncomfortable and there's growth associated with that, but it's incredibly purposeful work. And there is huge parallels between that and being a founder. Yes, yes. No, that that is that is beautiful. And and when you say, you know, that you bring some of the kind of the founder into motherhood, how how does that work? Because I I I can definitely hear how motherhood has emboldened you in in, you know, the work that you do as a founder. And how is it the other way? Yeah. Um 
So some example, I mean, a lot of this, like you say, is intuition based and it's, it's not necessarily regimented and rules, but something that I have to do as a, in my professional life is, is focus and time block. And um, I think as parents, it's really easy to get distracted and especially as mothers to have just a million things on your brain or things that you have to do or places that, you know, you would rather be or need to do or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so being able to have really clear time and, focus my attention so for example it, in the evening uh, late afternoon when I go see my son after work I have a time block of several hours there where I can 100% focus on him and it provides me a release from what I've been doing with the rest of my brain for other parts of my day and I can I can just enjoy that time with him but it's part of just being present being focused you know experiencing life with him at his level um I also think about just the organizational aspects of motherhood as well like what am I what am I gonna buy build or outsource uh so (laughs) you know you can't do it all nobody can do it all but you either buy it you build it yourself or you partner with somebody to do it and so what aspects of my motherhood life can I streamline by buying building outsourcing Love that. Love that. And that is music to my ear. I hope that everybody picks up on that is is just that the, the delegation and, and, and really running our, our homes like a business, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we have to, we have to outsource, we have to get, uh, you know, help. Like I, I always say, you know, parenting was never meant to be done alone. And in today's age, we do parent in total isolation, but that doesn't mean yeah. that we can't, you know, get get help. So love that you say that. Um, and and I'm just curious, like when you when you have that time block, so you say late late afternoon where you are are there for for your son and and you know your your mothering role. Do you have kind of a ritual to transition from the kind of the more intellectual work that you've been doing all day where you're, you know, you're super focused on other things and then you transition into, you know, being with an 18 month old. Is there, is there something for you that you do to, to, to transition? Really that word is transitioning from one thing to the other. I, I wish I could say that I have a ritual around that. Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, I've heard of some really good rituals. So um, one of the other founders that I, I I follow in this space has this idea of a commute bath, especially in quarantine, you know, coming out of COVID when you work from home and you, you, you don't have that time to the commute time to, to kind of decompress and switch into a different mode. And mentally, sometimes it can be challenging to switch modes so uh, this idea of a commute bath but I have to say I do not do that I've always been really curious to try that um you know for me it's about I I you know make myself a cup of tea get a you know come into the house have that kind of you know five minutes whatever it is where I can be a hundred percent present in 
that moment and really use my senses. This is something I practice in the morning as well as like a mini meditation um, where you can really focus on, okay, I am, what is the sound of the water boiling and what is the smell of my tea and what is my breath doing and what does that taste like and have just 30 seconds to really practice some deep presence exercise and it helps you just kind of let go of anxiety or whatever is going on the busy in the brain um and it doesn't take long and it doesn't have to be like a you know a sitting down quietly full meditation practice but it's just a a presence exercise and then and like I say I do it in the morning when I make my coffee as well um but when I play with him in that evening time then I deliberately do not have an agenda there is nothing that I I want to do with him and I really want him to lead that play with me so if we're drawing or if we're coloring or you know it's he can he can kind of make the decisions and on how he want what he wants to show me when he wants to kind of how he wants to interact with me in that time and that's just something that I get to experience with him as a as a um you know not not with like a an agenda or a, a objective um it's it's just about experience yeah and and just uh to go back to the the ritual you say you make yourself a cup of tea and and are very mindful about all your senses that to me sounds like a beautiful ritual right there yeah. <laughs> you know because you're you're taking that pause that's what i was trying to get at because i know that there's a lot of parents who who really have a hard time kind of you know letting go of 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 everything that is going you know, on in their mind of, 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 you know, the busyness of the day of their business and, and, and such, and to, to be really present with their children or, or, you know, preparing a meal with them or whatever they want to be doing. And it sounds like you are with mindfulness, you are definitely incorporating that to be able to really uh, time block those, those different roles that you have. Yeah, and this it profoundly has affected me over the last couple of years. Being a parent, having a pandemic, founding a company, it's there's so much in your brain all the time. And without these micro moments of mindfulness, my mental health would suffer completely and I you know you don't always have all the time in the world you can't always do a 30 minute meditation practice or whatever it is and um mindfulness in my real world has I've just personally found really effective in you know you can do it in two minutes but it's it's very grounding right it's like micro micro meditations all day long (laughs) yeah and the key is your senses you Mm -hmm. have you know that idea of okay what am I smelling right now what does that smell what is that like what am I hearing what am I seeing and and those details and and really kind of focusing on that and then you know breathing and coming out of that and and it it relieves a weight for me mental weight. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and and I, t- I do have another question more on the scientific aspect of, of your journey and being a woman. Uh, how has that 
kind of impacted your your attitude vis-a-vis the, the the world of scientists being a woman I, I know that we often talk about um, you know that the the whole industry is is kind of male dominated and such like has that have you have you felt that and have you had to work through that at all yeah we could probably do a whole podcast just yes. on this okay. Okay. that would be a whole other conversation <laughs> yeah that, that kept on kind of running in the back of my mind like wait a minute she's she's a she's a woman she's a mother she's and she's a founder like there's got to be something so yes yeah I mean yeah I think there. I'm really excited for the future. I think mm-hmm. the next generation of women coming through this world will have glass ceilings shattered and will be able to have the role models that they need, hopefully across all of these industries and all of these facets um, that generations before us didn't have. You know, I think this is there's positive change happening across the board. It's always really, really challenging. I mean, this there, especially in the U.S. and kind of what's happening. Yes, with the reproductive rights and kind yes. of you know, yes. there's there's a, there are ongoing challenges um, that women have to face across all of this I believe that being a woman being a mother having that as part of my identity um, gives me insight and intuition and authority to speak on things that the men in the room will not have because they have never experienced that so at Trellis Health we're building a, a product for pregnant women to help them manage that I don't think that anybody else is, is is better qualified to build that product than a woman than a woman and you know when you think about healthcare and digital health products and consumer decisions that are being made so women are kind of coined as the chief medical officers of their family something like 75% plus of um healthcare decisions are made by the female head of house um and 70 to 80% of consumer buying decisions are made by women. You know, these, these are really powerful demographics. These are not niche uh, groups. And so I think we need companies, you know, te- technology companies, scientific companies, medical companies. There are women that are fully qualified to address these problems and they're starting to build the companies in these spaces. And that's really exciting for me. Oh, that's that's wonderful to hear the 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 positiveness that you have uh, towards that. And would you have you know if we have some listeners, kind of some younger women, or even maybe mothers of daughters who are interested in the sciences and such? Do you have any kind of words of wisdom to to inspire them to pursue those uh, callings? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I I reject the notion that STEM, uh, science, technology, uh, education, mathematics, mm-hmm. um, is a male-centric field. Um, 
there is, like I say, so much insight and value that a woman brings to the table in that. And it, it's not easy. The doors, you know, it, you, you, in my previous roles professionally and in biotech, you know, regularly I would be the only woman in a room mm-hmm. uh, negotiating a very large contract or I would be, you know, at, the industry is not it's not 50 50 it's the the representation is not necessarily always there so getting comfortable with that um going back to growth mindsets and being comfortable with being uncomfortable like are you always going to be comfortable in these situations no are you going to grow yes are you going to develop confidence yes like are you going to have something to bring to the table? Yes. And so if a, if a woman or, you know, a daughter or whoever it is, is really passionate about that field, they would say you have value to bring there and your voice is needed and the solutions that you are going to bring to that, that world are needed. Um, and there are more and more women that are supporting each other through, through this, um, through these industries. And so, yeah, don't be afraid. Wonderful. And you're and you're you're an inspiration to them as well. So thank you for that. Um that's wonderful. And and so for me, um, just to to go back to to parenting, um, I'd love to know from you as to how are you approaching, you know, parenting maybe in comparison to how you were parented? Like are there are there things from your childhood that you you definitely want to move away from or maybe some that you definitely want to repeat that's a really interesting question I'll preface it by (laughs) saying that I have a fantastic relationship with my mother beautiful (laughs) and my Mm -hmm. late father as well but Mm -hmm. um I am not my parents Mm -hmm. and I think I don't want to get too theoretical here, but um, something that I do think a lot about is this idea of an ancestor and a descendant. And yes. there's this rhythm here. And if you kind of zoom out at a really large level, and maybe this is in part my kind of genetics background, but these very long family lineages. And when you parent uh, and as a child, you are growing up as a descendant of somebody and your whole identity is based around that parent figure and how you fit in underneath them and at some point in your life you know whether that's in your late teens or early 20s or later in life you transition mentally into an ancestor and it's about you know what is am I a good ancestor what impact am I making on the world for my descendants and part of that is just this notion of independence and I my mom bless her if she's listening to this I love you mom but um I felt tied to that for a long time and it, it was very difficult for me to kind of break free and 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 go out with my own ambition and my own notion of like this is what I want from my life and so with my son, I don't know if I'm going to be successful with this or not but I really want to encourage independence in him and that, you know, 
I love him and for him to be successful, if he wants to go out and do whatever that is, like if he wants to transition into an ancestor mentality early in life, that's great. That means I'm successful as a parent. He doesn't need to define himself based on, you know, me. Right. Right. That's beautiful. L- love that. That, uh, you know, because I think I, I always, why I ask is because for me, it's really about, you know, every generation we have the opportunity to evolve. And mm-hmm. so I'm always, you know, intrigued as to where, where that evolution is happening in, in different families. So that is, yeah. that is why I ask. but I love that, that descendant and, and, um, you know, ancestor is so true because we are, we are part of a lineage and we're just, you know, we're just one speck in the the long chain of what will happen afterwards. Exactly. And before us. Um, Wonderful. So as we uh, wrap up, Estelle, do you have any kind of parting words or words of wisdom for maybe those who are listening that are wanting to have a child, uh, expecting a child, and kind of how to take ownership of their uh, health and the the medical data that you're, you're doing, especially through this company, Trellis, that you have just founded? Absolutely. So firstly, I would say that Um, going back to our comments on intuition earlier, I think there is something really profound that happens to a woman when she is pregnant and you, you are connected to your body in such an intimate way. And a lot of the times I think people don't necessarily feel empowered to advocate for themselves or their health. If they think that something might be wrong or want support in a certain area. And so um just to reinforce that you in pregnancy know your body so well and um don't be afraid to to advocate for that and make sure that you uh are getting the support that you need to get and then on the notion of trellis health you know our mission is really around providing women with the tools that they need and the information that they need to live that journey in the healthiest way possible and and with some of that support and it's not to medic overly medicalize that journey um it's really around making sure that uh women don't have to spend a ton of brain power on it but we don't let things slip through the cracks so in the U.S. today, we have one of the worst maternal mortality rates in the world. Uh, we want to positively impact that and improve that um, and make sure that women get the care that they need during pregnancy. Um, if anybody is interested, quick plug, uh, we have a private beta that we're running through mid-year. So if anybody is interested in, in trying that out, um, feel free to sign up on jointtrellishealth.com. Uh, and yeah, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's your body, it's your journey. Advocate for yourself. Beautiful. Thank you. And and I will have that link in the show notes. So, um, well, wonderful. This has been delightful, Estelle, to to just learn a bit more about you and your your journey and what you've created. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. 
Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child, or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.